Revolution Sports. This is Tyler Wood. I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be previewing a little bit of the top five games of the day. Just give you an idea of what's going around college football. I know we're all excited about it. So this is our first uh, mini show that we're going to be doing on Saturdays. So I appreciate y'all joining us. Just giving a quick preview of the, like I said, the top five games and give you a little prediction at the end just to keep you informed before you walk into the first week so you know what's going on. Uh, first up game on the docket, we got Louisiana versus Texas. Louisiana's ranked number 23, Texas ranked number 21. This game's going to be, uh, if you look at it, a lot of pe- people see teams like a Sunbelt Conference team like Louisiana, you know, a team that no, not a lot of people are familiar with. A lot of people would think that, oh, Texas should, with a big-name program like Texas, should be able to wipe the floor with them, but that's just not the case. Louisiana just has put together a good team down there. They had a real solid season last year going 10-1, and and they've developed a pretty decent little team down there. They um, got an experienced team for one. Uh, their their biggest strengths have been uh, their pass defense. Their offense has been been pretty good for the most part. But on the flip side of thing, you got Texas, who's getting ready to to start up a season with a new coach. This is their fourth coach since just 2013. So they're looking for some results down there in Texas because when you have a, a blue uh, blue bud school like Texas, the, you know everybody down there is interested in winning a national championship, and they just even they haven't even gotten close over the last couple of years. So it'd be really interesting to see what head coach Steve Sarkeesian does coming out of Alabama, listen, seeing how much he brings with him from learning under Nick Saban for the – for the time he was there as the offensive coordinator, if anybody watched him while he was at Alabama and how the offense did, they just they obviously did a real good job, helped them uh, win a national championship last year. Just had one of the most productive offenses in college football history. So, if he can get some players down there and he can develop this team, I think their offense is going to be really good. So, questions with them is just going to be how good their defense is. But they they thankfully return a for them they return a couple good defensive players, especially up front, should put be able to put some pressure on this Louisiana team. Um, the one of the big things to watch, though, I think, is going to be with Texas. Like I said, they're putting in this whole new offense under Sarkeesian, and it's just going to be interesting to see how their new quarterback that uh, won the starting job, Hudson Card, just to see how he does in his first start. Because when you play an experienced team, have a good, strong secondary like Louisiana does, a lot of times what these young players they want to do is they want to go and they want to throw the ball around the yard and they want to try to do too much and ends up costing them the game. But <clears> – <throat> With them, they just—I mean—they don't really have to do that with uh, with Texas because with Bijan Robinson, they got a really good running back who's going to be probably one of the better running backs in the country, and they should be able to run the ball. Because uh, if you look at Louisiana last year, one of their biggest problems that they had was actually being able to stop the run. Now, when I say stop the run, they weren't terrible. They gave up roughly about 4.3 yards per per rush and that's more like middle of the line I guess you'd say so but when you have a guy like Bijan Robinson you should be able to run the ball consistently and take some of the pressure off of Hudson Card and if they can do that they should be they should be all right now I think what is mostly going to come down though too in this game you're going to have two offenses that are I think you're going to be all right I think the biggest thing that's going to happen though you're going to look at which defense is going to be able to step up and make plays um with Texas being at home, I kind of like their chances a little bit more in terms of making that one stop or making getting that turnover that's going to you know flip field position or be able to you know lead to a defensive score. And whichever team I feel like that can do that will end up winning this game. So my prediction on this game, I got Texas winning thirty-five to twenty-four and opening up Steve Sarkeesian's head coaching tenure at Texas with the with the win. So they'll need to do that to build some 
build some uh, some uh, just some camaraderie and build some chemistry with that team as they move on to play some some better teams later on down the road like Oklahoma, and uh, they're definitely going to need that. So. Moving on to the next game of the day that we're going to talk about. We've got number 17, Indiana, versus number 18, Iowa. And this one is going to be, to me, is one of the sleeper games of the day. I know you say sleeper, you know, why, why do you say sleeper? They're obviously ranked. I think with them, though, you got two teams that have really come into their own, but then also, you know, can also really compete with anybody. And I just, I like the... The way these two teams play, they both play with toughness. They both play with grit. And if anybody has kept up with Iowa football in general, they're always been a tough, gritty team that just always wears you down, wears you down until they get what they want. Um, one of the biggest storylines coming out of this, though, I think you got to watch, is going to be Indiana's quarterback situation. Now, Michael Penix Jr., he was the starter all of last year. Indiana had a big change last year. They became uh, got national recognition finally. They were ranked for the most part of the year. They did a real good job, had a good season. But then their quarterback, Penix Jr., goes down with an ACL injury and is out for the last two games of the year. And he's just now coming back from it, and he's going to be able to start in this game. Now, that's good. You're sitting there thinking, oh, well, they should be fine then on the offensive side of the ball, and yeah, you may th- you may think that, but the thing is, no one actually knows how well off he's going to be coming back from a ACL injury, especially as fast as it is from a turnaround from the last two games to just now. So it's going to be real interesting to see because Iowa has a real good defense, especially in that secondary, and the secondary is real good. They got four guys that can just throw back there and be able to cover the field. So. With the, if he's able to hang tight and be able to spread the ball around the field, I think they'll be fine. But um, other than that, I think that's the big thing to watch with Indiana. They need to be able to have – and that's another thing. They need to find a running back that's going to be able to produce and be able to take some of the – be able to take some of the pressure off of Phoenix Jr. Because last year he was really one of the ones that really took care of their rushing game. But now they need to be able to find someone that's going to be able to help take the pressure off of him as he settles back into this offense. So that's one thing you really got to watch because uh, you got you just need to have someone who's going to be able to help him be able to slowly work his way back in. Because if you're asking him to carry you know carry a whole Indiana team to a win against this very experienced and very tough Iowa team, I think you're asking way too much of him, especially coming off that type of injury. Um, on the flip side, you look at Iowa. Question for them is just they're going to be able to attack the field. Now they got. Uh, quarterback Spencer Spencer Petrus, he's going to be able to uh, lead this team. The question is, though, is he going to be able to put the ball down the field? Usually Iowa and their their offensive system, they're very, very uh, particular about what they want to get. They're, you know, short, medium range, you know, medium throws. They're going to try to just slowly work the ball up the field. They're going to run the ball at you. And they should be able to run the ball, especially with Tyler Goodson coming back. Um, they just got to be able to, like I said, attack the field because they can – they can go after Indiana and try to um, and try to run it at them, but eventually you're gonna have to be able to throw the ball. And so, I, I definitely think they'll be able to do that better than they than they were last year. And as long as they can do that, I expect them to come out of this uh, with the win. So I got the Hawkeyes with a 28 to 17 victory over Indiana, and that should be a real good one to keep up with, especially if you like physical football. Next game up, you got number 19, Penn State, versus number 12, Wisconsin. Now, this this is a game that I know both teams are definitely going to be looking to start out the season strong with as both teams had a very rough 
season last year, especially with Penn State starting out zero and five, and just Iowa just not finishing the season like they felt they could have. Yeah, they finished. Their, they won their bowl game, but they just lost a couple games down the stretch that they that they um excuse me Wisconsin that they shouldn't have lost. Um, and so it's going to be be good to see how they uh, how they use this matchup to go and progress their season and actually start out on the wrong I mean start out on the right track. Uh, for them, though, I think with uh, Penn State, you really got to look at their quarterback. They got a three-year three-year starter returning, Sean Clifford. But the biggest thing he's had a problem with over the last couple of years has just been his turnovers. He's consistently turned the ball over at a high rate, and no team who has a quarterback that's turning the ball over and giving it to the other team is ever going to have success. So, with this being his third year, it's going to be it's going to be time for him to actually settle into that role and be able to lead a team, especially when. Uh, especially when it counts against teams like Wisconsin, who's going to have a very good secondary and a team, especially that's allowed less than less than 20 points a game the whole entire, all of last year. So if you're a quarterback and you're on the road and you're at Wisconsin, that's number 12 team ranked in the country, you're going to have to be able to put the ball in some tight spots and be able to make some throws. Now it'll help, especially with Penn, you know, with Sean Clifford, it'll help that he has their running back coming back and Noah Kane. He was injured a good bit for last year, kind of had, was, in for some games, out for some games, but um, he's just looking to bounce back. He was a, he did a good job in the last two games of the season where he had over 100 yards rushing, and then he had in the bowl game, he had, I mean, not the bowl game, in the last game of this year, he had uh, 90-something yards rushing. So he looks to come back in, you know, in full form and should be able to help take some of that pressure off. But like I said, you're going to go on the road, you're going to be able to c- compete against a, a top 15 in the team in the country. You're going to have to be able to put the ball in some tight spots and challenge the secondary, especially a team that's been – then uh, been very good. On the flip side, Wisconsin, they're uh, they're just going to rely on their defense a lot, but it's also going to help that they're bringing back some receivers, especially to help out with their uh, quarterback, Graham, Graham Mertz. Uh, he started out real strong last year and uh, kind of just kind of tapered along the way, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually takes it up another notch. And uh, I think the biggest thing with this, though, is uh, this game, I think I, with Wisconsin, I think their defense is going to be so solid. I think they'll be able to rely on them. Now, do I think Penn State will still be able to score? Yeah, I do, especially with their with their running game and their and their, then Sean Clifford being able to throw the ball around a good bit. But uh, in the end, I still think with the returning receivers and the returning quarterback for Wisconsin, I think they'll be able to make just a couple more plays than Penn State will. And I got them winning this game 31-28. And uh, – be a good start for Wisconsin right out the gate. So, especially having a top twenty win. All right, next game up, we got Miami versus Alabama, number fourteen versus number one. Now, I think this is going to be a matchup that a lot of people are overlooking right now. They're uh, looking at some of these other games, and you know, looking at the Georgia Clemson game. Obviously, looking at the Georgia Clemson game makes sense, but. This one, I think, is actually going to be a really good game, even though Alabama's favored by 19.5 points. I feel like a lot of people are doing a disservice to Miami and seeing, you know, and not looking closely at what they have there and what they've started building there. Now, everybody knows Alabama's coming off of a season winning a national championship, and with that, usually you have a lot of players that end up going pro because they've, you know, got their ultimate goal while they were in college. So you're looking at Alabama and they're having to replace their quarterback position, their running back position, a couple of big name wide receivers position, especially when you lose the Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith. So they're replacing a lot on that offensive front. Now, good thing for them, their defense, they return eight starters. So you're looking at them and they should be they should be ready to roll on defense. Now, with that said though, they're gonna need every bit of a def- 
of that defense to be able to compete against this Miami team. And because Miami, they're returning a very experienced quarterback in De'Aaron King. When the, on top of it, they got a very solid offensive line. So you look at it, they both got they're they're both kind of on the opposite ends of stuff. You got Alabama with a young offense, and then you got Miami with an experienced offense. But you got Alabama with a a solid defense, experienced defense versus a Miami team that has as a is you know kind of piecing their defense together and trying to make some you know make a competitive defense so two teams on the opposite end of the spectrum it's just going to be interesting to see what team you know comes out on top i think for the most part the matchups you got to look at and just see what happens is going to be obviously uh quarterback Bryce Young against the secondary and against uh the Miami front especially considering Alabama's offensive line is putting some new pieces in seeing if they can give him enough protection to be able to throw the ball down the field and be able to run that offense like they should. And it'd be interesting to see, too, how this offense functions after losing Steve Sarkeesian you know, to Texas this offseason and seeing Bill O'Brien put in this new offense and see how much different it is compared to what they ran last year with Mac Jones and, uh, you know, just, you know, and Devontae Smith and some of these other big, big-time players. So it'd be interesting to see how it changes and see how Bryce Young comes into his own. Now, Now, with this being his first game starting and with it being a new offensive coordinator and just a lot of new parts, I fully expect this offense to struggle at first. And I don't mean – I'm not necessarily saying a whole game where they're not going to be able to score in the first half or anything like that, but I wouldn't expect, you know, what they had last year where you're scoring every other possession, especially in the first half of this game. I expect them to struggle a little bit, have some stuff, you know, you see that you don't normally see from an Alabama offense or that you've gotten used to seeing from an Alabama offense the last couple of years. So, um, on the flip side, though, if this if this is going to be a ball game, it's really going to be up to this Miami Hurricanes offense because this Alabama defense is going to be ready to play, and they're going to have to be ready to play because if not, like I said, this offense trying to play catch-up, you're going to kind of get stuck you know, stuck in a hole, and you definitely don't want to get stuck in a hole against a top-15 team like uh, like Miami. So if this Miami team can attack this, this Alabama defense and um, be able to score some points, especially in the first half as this Alabama offense is trying to, you know, trying to get rolling, you can definitely see a really good game happening, and that's fully what I expect to happen. I expect Miami to be able to score some some quick points in this game, be able to uh, stay right in the mix. I expect Alabama to kind of slow roll their way to keep it close in the first half, but I think the biggest thing that's going to happen, I think this Alabama defense is eventually just going to figure it out and be able to shut down this Miami offense at some point, even if it's just for a couple of a couple of possessions that. Um, leads to the second half that ends up allowing Alabama to to get rolling and finally get Bryce Young get make him more comfortable be able to see this uh this running back Brian Robinson being able to get some uh get some momentum going and be able to attack this front so that's what I fully expect to happen and if that happens you I definitely think you'll see Alabama win and if my prediction for that I got Alabama winning I think I had him down for 38 to 31 so that'd be a real good game to see and uh one that i think a lot of people are overlooking just because they're looking forward to that georgia clemson game and i understand i'm very excited for the georgia clemson game but there's just a lot of good football on i think that's one that a lot of people are just overlooking just because they're so used to alabama's dominance so definitely keep an eye on that one as we uh get to that game at 3:30 on abc
Last game up on the docket, we got Georgia versus Clemson. Like I said, I know this is the game that everyone is waiting on. A lot of people are calling it even the game of the year, and it might just be. But it's uh, obviously that we'll be able to tell after the fact. But no one really knows what to expect going into the first game of the season. But we all know that both these teams are stacked. They recruit well. They got plenty of primetime players. And it's just going to be a real great game, I think, in my opinion, just to see – I think the biggest thing that I'm excited to watch is both of these defenses. A lot of people talk about offense, and yeah, I'm interested to see how the offenses are, but both of these teams just have real, what I call nasty defenses, teams that are really just going to outwork you, tackle hard, going to go after players hard, cover the field well. They're fast. They're, they just play their positions well. It's just going to be – I think it's going to be real good to see. Now, in terms of defenses, I think right now there's more question marks for Georgia in terms of their defense, especially on that secondary. They lost a couple of players to the you know to the draft and had some you know transfers. But I think it's going to be real interesting to see how they do that. They got, a, they got some real good transfers in that department. But now it's just plugging the pieces in together and being able to cover their field. Now, on the other side of it, there's not really much question on what this Clemson team is able to do on defense. They've been a very, they've done a very good job of getting players into the right spots, being able to uh, just build a build a good team. And when you have Brett Venables, who's been there for a couple of years, he's always you can just tell he always just turns out really good defenses. So I expect nothing different. I expect them to be able to compete, play hard, and being able to uh, uh, show up on Saturday night. Now, like I said, I think this game is going to come down to, obviously, you're going to have to look at the offenses and um, just see how they perform. Now, with Clemson, I think a lot of people are, they're not really wondering because they got to they gotta look at it last year a little bit, but just wondering how consistent it's going to be able to be with their new quarterback and DJ Uangaleli. And uh, I know it's a hard name to pronounce, but... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he did because the two games that he played last year where Trevor Lawrence was out because of COVID protocols, he ended up throwing for 342 yards against Boston College and had 439 against Notre Dame. They ended up losing the Notre Dame game, but obviously he was able to perform well. So a lot of people aren't really expecting to see too much of a drop-off. They're just interested to see how far his ceiling is and how consistent he's going to be, um, especially when he plays a defense like the caliber of Georgia that they're going to have. Um, so – That'll be that is going to be one part to look at. I think what's really going to help him, especially uh, coming into this year. Yeah, he lost lost some talent last year on the offensive front, but what's really going to help them is being able to get Justin Ross back after he missed all of last year with a with a uh, condition that he had. So that's going to be real good as he settles into the starting role, be able to have a player of his caliber being able to take some of the pressure off him. He can just be one of those players he can throw the ball up to and expect to make a play. So that's always good to have if you're a quarterback. Now for Clemson's offense, though, the question is going to be their offensive line and just how they perform, especially against this Georgia's defensive front. When you're playing against a guy like with Georgia, you got uh, – Jordan Davis, and you're sitting here looking at him, just a big old, big old boy who can you know, attack the middle and be able to get after the quarterback. If you're Clemson, that's one thing you do have to worry about because, like I said, you're looking at if you're looking at the matchup, you're looking at DJ Uangalele versus Georgia secondary. You like his chances being able to throw the ball a little bit down the field, but the problem is if he don't have any time to be able to throw the ball down the field, then you're that doesn't really help you much. So if this Clemson offensive line can perform and be able to block, especially Jordan Davis, and they're going to have a have a 
pretty pretty decent chance of beating Georgia. But for me, I just see it, it being really hard to be able to stop a defensive front like that because Georgia in that front, just the whole front seven, is going to be able to come after that quarterback and be able to, to fly around the field because that defense is just so fast. Um, on the other side of things, you look at Georgia's offense. Now, I think this is a question mark, too, that everyone wants to know, including myself, is just how good this Georgia offense is going to be. And I think we got glimpses of it last last fall when we watched uh, JT Daniels finally step into the role in the last uh, the role of starting of the starting quarterback in the last couple games of the season, uh, last four games of the season to be exact. And he did a real good job. He averaged 400 yards a game passing. You know, led Georgia to a 4-0 record during that time span. They beat two top 25 teams. So, so you know, sounds good. The question is though. How much is this offense opened up in the second year of Todd Munkin and seeing how they uh, expand and if they can be even more modern than they were last year during that time frame. So running back situation for Georgia, you always know they're going to have backs that are going to be able to run at you, be physical, and be able to get yardage. So you know that's coming against that uh, Clemson defensive front. So that's going to be another good matchup to watch is those two two fronts, that good Georgia offensive line, that good uh Clemson defensive line battle against each other and I think if uh if Georgia cannot hold off that defensive line they're going to be in for a long night but I fully expect them to be able to at least give JT Daniels some time I expect to see him be a little more mobile especially after coming off of that leg injury last year this year he's coming in fully healthy I think he'll be a little more mobile so if situations do arise where he has to escape the pocket I think he'll be able to do a better job of that but um Biggest, biggest, uh, one of the biggest things to look at too is going to be that wide receivers versus that Clemson secondaries because we all know Georgia has lost a couple of wide receivers to injury this off season. So they, they problem is they don't have any. I mean, the problem is for Clemson, Georgia has plenty of wide receiver talent though in that room between Kiaris Jackson and you get. Uh, Jeremiah Burton, you just got a lot of good wide receivers that are still going to be able to compete. So those guys got to be able to get space against this Clemson secondary and be able to to get open for JT Daniels so he can be able to throw down, you know, throw down the field and move this ball. But I think with a very balanced attack, that's going to help against this this Clemson defense. And I think if they're able to wear them down, they'll be able to take some shots down the field later on during the game. So um, for the most part, I think this Georgia offensive line is going to be able to get after DJ Uangalele, I think it's going to make it a little tougher for him. I think this Georgia defensive secondary is going to is going to perform better than most think, um, and just be able to cover the receivers better. Um, so, I think with that, I think that's going to be the biggest part of this game, and I think that's also why Georgia's going to end up winning this game, thirty-one to twenty-four. So. Uh, definitely a game I'm interested to watch, one that I will be glued to the TV for, as I'm sure a lot of other people will be too. So uh, that's our that's our mini show on the college football, uh, mini show for college football of week one. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you all in the next one.